One of my current uh, favorite songs is off Ben Rector's new release. It's a song called Old Friends. It's, uh, the, the theme is uh, th- there's nothing quite like those friends or that friend that you've known for years and years and years and years. Uh, you've been through things together. You've been through hard times with them. They've been through hard times with you. You have a history. You know each other. You don't have to explain a lot of things. Uh, here's a line from the song. Because no one knows you like they know you, and no one probably ever will. We can grow up, make new ones, but the truth is there's nothing like old friends because you can't make old friends. You you can't make an old friend. A, A new friend can become an old friend eventually. But you can't start out as old friends. We, we all have them. And maybe you, maybe you have someone that you grew up with as a child. The relationship goes back that far. Or you went to high school together. You went to college together. Or you, you met right out of college. And years have gone by. And you've remained close friends. I, I think he's right. You can't make old friends. You can make new friends that become old friends. But you can't make old friends. The Bible has a lot to say about the benefits of close relationship, of friendships. Uh, and we could, we could extend that to our, our marriage. Hopefully, you're married to a friend or you're friends with the person that you married. Close relationships, the, the, the Bible holds up as there are these wonderful qualities that you gain in your life when you're closely connected to another person, when you're in a close relationship with another person. And and most of those relationships have existed for a long time. You've had time to grow and deepen that relationship. Here's an example, a benefit of a friendship. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Proverbs 27, 17. Some of us have heard that verse. the, The idea... That good, close friendships make us better. They make us sharper. They help us become the person we're supposed to be. We're intended to be. Close friendships help us become the best versions of ourselves. It's it's the image of an iron sword that's heated up in the fire until it's red hot. And then an iron mallet that can sharpen the edges by pounding it out, that can shape it for its intended purpose. And the Bible says that's, that's what a good friend can do, can help you be the best version of you, can, can knock out the rough edges, the dull places in who you are personally, spiritually, maybe we could even say emotionally, can, can help you be the sharpest you that you can possibly be. It maybe explains why people with a lot of rough edges never get them smoothed out. Because you have rough edges and that sort of repels people away. And so you don't have people in your life to help smooth out the rough edges in your life. I don't know which one contributes the most, but when, when we don't have close relationships... We can continue in our rough edges without having anybody there to say, hey, I love you. You may want to work on this. This is maybe not your forte. Maybe you need to give some attention 
to this, one of the benefits of being in a close relationship. I get, I get feedback. I, I, I get somebody helping me be the best version of me. Uh, another example of benefits, Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. The great thing about being in a close relationship is that person doesn't bail on us when things get difficult. When we're difficult, when life is difficult, when, when circumstances are hard, we know we can count on them. The proverb writer says, that's what a friend's made for. A friend's great when things are great. Right? They help you celebrate. They, they, they celebrate with you. They celebrate you. They, they cheer for you. But when you really need a friend is when things are hard. That's when the, the beauty of friendship comes out. Solomon writes the book of Ecclesiastes, and, and at one point in Ecclesiastes, he says, two are better than one. It's good to have somebody else in your life. They're more productive, he says. Uh, he says that, that they can help meet each other's needs. When one falls down, the other one can help them up. They're, they're there for each other. And then he gets into that little section and says, three's better than two. That's kind of his... That's kind of his saying at the end. It's, the more people you have in your life, the, people that are, the more people that are close to you, the more you're going to realize the great benefits of friendship and relationship. You, you get over to the New Testament. The New Testament says things like, when you're in a good relationship, you encourage one another. You build each other up. Um, there's a phrase in the New Testament that says, we spur one another on. Or some translations say, we provoke one another. And normally we think of provoke and provocative in a negative way. The New Testament turns it around and says, no, you could provoke good things. Not just provoke bad things or anger or negative things. People who love us, who are close to us, they provoke us to do good things. They, they provoke us to love better. They provoke us to be better. They provoke good qualities in our lives. This, this is part of the beauty of being in a close relationship with someone. Another example of a benefit is, is people who are close to us, they can give us good counsel. They can give us good advice. Proverbs 27.9, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. And the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. So good friendship, good relationships compared to something that smells really, really good. And the, and the joy that comes from a, a good smell, the, the comfort that comes. When you smell something good, we all do the same thing. When you smell something good, we all go, ah. isn't that what you do? It smells good. There's this comfort. There's this lifting, this, this lightness, this joy that comes when you smell something good. And for some of us, it's perfume. Um, for some of us, it's scented candles. We are at peak scented candle season right now. Fall into Christmas. This is peak scented candle 
sees that some of you are spending way too much time in Yankee Candle, sniffing the tops and trying to find which ones you want to buy. And then they're going to have that whole Black Friday sale and you're going to fill up a bag or three or ten full of candles that you're going to give to people. Some of you like that. You have one going in your office or at home burning all Christmas long with that, with that good smell. Some of you hate that, right? How I many of you hate that? You hate perfume. You hate scented candle. You still like good smell or, or smell something that smells good to you. Like who doesn't like the smell of of hot bread, right? Ba- fresh baked bread, warm pound cake. Like if, if you don't like the smell of warm pound cake, you need to get right with Jesus because like, something's messed up in your heart. Warm pound cake with melted butter. It's almost Thanksgiving, right? There's going to be that moment. Either you're going to arrive at the family's home or you're going to be in the living room and wafting through the air. Wafting, that's a good word, isn't it? Wafting through the air is going to be turkey smell and rolls and dressing and gravy and mac and cheese. It's all mixed together. And you're going to go, oh, that smells so good. That smells so good. Christmas smells, smell of live Christmas tree. And that's what he's saying. He's saying friendship is like that. There's this comfort. There's this joy, this, this lit. And, and specifically the fact that when you really know somebody and they really know you and you're, and you're both walking with God, there's counsel that you can get. That's a good thing to our lives. That's, that's a good thing to our souls. Friendship is, is filled with all of these benefits, and, and it, not all of them are even listed in the Bible. I mean, you know, you think about your friendships, you know that things like acceptance, being valued, knowing that somebody cares, being seen, being known, all of these wonderful benefits that go with being in a close relationship with somebody else. The challenge that we run into when it comes to friendships is we're all imperfect people. And so we have all of this list. This is what a great relationship looks like. The problem is anybody in that relationship is is an imperfect person. So none of us are going to perfectly do all of those things in our relationships. If I'm in, in, in a friendship with somebody, then I'm in a friendship with an imperfect person. And that person is in a friendship with an imperfect person. And, wait, you weren't supposed to say amen at that part. I was, <laughs> I was talking about me. Uh, but you're right. You're right. We, we're in imperfect relationships with imperfect people, and we are imperfect people. And so we don't get it right every time. That's why the Bible steps in and says, sometimes you're going to have to forgive each other. That's the way this is going to work. All these benefits to friends. To make that work, you're going to have to forgive each other sometimes. You're going to have to ask for forgiveness sometimes. The New Testament says, you're going to have to bear with one another. You're going to have to just put up with each other sometimes. Because you're imperfect. You don't get it right every single time. We are commanded in the Bible to love one another which is kind of a weird command. We are commanded 
to love one. Why would you have to command somebody to love another person unless it was sometimes difficult to love that person? And I, I, don't, I don't have to be commanded to love my kids. I don't. I love my kids. I don't need anybody coming. I don't always like my kids, but I, I love my kid. Like there's a, my heart is huge for my kids. And you don't have to command me to do that. You don't have to command me to love my wife. I, I, I love my wife, but let's, let's be honest. In our, in our friendships, in our relationships, sometimes we need to be commanded to love each other because we're not always easy to love. There is this imperfection in us that shows up in our relationships. It's when our imperfections crash into one another that we have to forgive and we have to bear with and we have to love. Friendships are great, huge benefits. Friendships are made up of imperfect people and so imperfections kind of crash into each other. But that's not all of the story. The, The Bible says, not me, The Bible says that there are times where the imperfections in another person are negatively influencing me and I need to move away from that person. For all of the benefits of friendships and the reality that I can't expect anybody to be perfect, the Bible has this huge caution. Sometimes that imperfection is to a point where It's keeping you from being who God's called you to be. It's leading you toward things that are away from God's purposes for your heart. And you got to step away. Let me give you some examples. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. He's quoting a Greek poet. He didn't make up that phrase. He's quoting Greek poet. Everybody in his audience knew. Oh, yeah, we know. It's a familiar saying. Bad company corrupts good character, meaning it, it affects your habits. You're starting to become somebody you weren't, and it's not in a good way because you're hanging out with this person. Specifically, Paul is concerned that their beliefs are starting to change and those, the change in their beliefs is leading to a change in their habits. Paul's saying to the Corinthians, like, you're spending a lot of time, you're getting really close to people who believe the wrong things. You're starting to adopt their beliefs and their worldview and their perspective and that's changing the way you're behaving. I'm telling you, you need some distance because not every relationship results in all the benefits that we talked about. The Bible's pretty clear about this. Another verse, this from Proverbs. Do not make friends with. Now, whatever comes after that, it's interesting that that's even in the Bible, isn't it? It's interesting that the Bible says at one point there are certain people you should not hang out with. At least in in a close relationship where they're influencing you. Do not be friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. There's a warning. Lots of good reasons to have friends. Lots of good reasons to be close to people. Everybody's imperfect. Nobody's perfect. But be careful 
Because the character traits that a person close to you exhibits, it is possible for you to begin to adopt them. Paul, Paul, uh, Proverbs calls it a snare, a trap. In other words, it doesn't happen quickly. You're being drawn in, you've been drawn down a particular path, and then you're going to wake up one day and realize this relationship was detrimental to me. And now I'm way down this path. This relationship that I've invented, I've hung on to, it has negatively affected my walk with Christ. It has negatively affected my character. It's negatively affected my beliefs. It's negatively affected what, what I say. So the proverb writer says, don't get close to that person. Specifically, he's writing about anger, uh, a lack of restraining temper. And the proverb writer says, if you're around that person enough, then what you're going to see in yourself is you start giving free reign to your temper too. Because you're around that person so much. You start becoming like that person. We could substitute a lot of things into that blank. A lot of character qualities. A lot of disobedience into that blank. And I think the proverb writer would have the same thing to say to us. Do not be friends with a person that's going to lead you away from God in these areas. One of the easiest ones to spot is, is... Criticism and, and negativity, like if you're around a negative person day after day after day, it's only a matter of time before that starts becoming your default too. You, you start seeing everything negatively. You're around a cynical person day after day, you just start seeing everything with a cynical eye. You're around somebody who has no respect for authority, pretty soon it starts coming out of you. Starts impacting the way you view authority. Starts impacting the way you interact with people who are in positions of authority over you. Proverbs warns us, path, don't be drawn down that path. Put some distance between you and the other person. It's why why most of us know the phrase, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me the people that you're the closest to, that you're sharing life with that you're allowing influence into your life, and you're going to become more and more like that person, more than likely. They're going to carry influence over you. Okay, so here's what we've said so far. There are tremendous benefits to being in a relationship. Bible's clear. We know that from our own experience. Tremendous benefits. We all want good, healthy relationships. The Bible says that's a good thing. Secondly, any relationship is made up of two imperfect people. This is true. None of us are going to be perfect. And yet, the Bible also says that some relationships negatively impact us and should be avoided. There is a a tipping point somewhere where it's not just we're two imperfect people. There's a tipping point at which we have to be honest. This person is not good for me. They're not helping me be more like Jesus. They're not shaping my character in ways that honor God. Uh, did any of you ever have one of these? Remember, I, I think you have to be like f- over 40 maybe to know what this is. Um, we either had or our parents had it. They got a big kick out of it. For those of you who uh, are under 40, 
Uh, you can go on YouTube. There's actually videos of it. Uh, so you can go on YouTube and see it. <clears throat> this little bird has a liquid, and it would bob back and forth like this. And I don't know the science. I didn't look up the science of it. You can tell me the science of it later. It's, it bobs back and forth, and then the liquid shifts or the gravity shifts or something shifts. And then at one point, the bird tips over. Usually there's a glass of water like he's drinking it. So he bobs back and forth, back and forth, and then he tumps over right by the glass. That's kind of the picture I get with all that the Bible's saying about friendships. So yeah, there, there's kind of this middle ground where nobody, nobody's perfect, and we're going to have to forgive, and we're going to have to bear with, and, and, and there's going to be that part of any relationship that we're in. We can't expect anybody to always be perfect, but then there's, there's some moment, there's some tipping point where the scale tips to, this is not healthy for you anymore. This relationship is not good for you. you know, this person that you're dating is no longer encouraging the best you to come out. The you that would honor God and live for Jesus. This person that you're connected to instead is pulling you away from the best you. Is pulling you away from the image that Jesus has for your future and the person that Jesus has called you to be. There is some point in relationships where we have to push back. We have to make some distance. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. There's two ends, right? So I, I can walk with that person that's sharpening me. I can surround myself with those people that are calling out the best of me, or it can tip. And I'm allowing people who aren't calling the best in me out to be influencers in my life. Another example, Proverbs 12, 26. The righteous... Choose their friends carefully. This Bible, this isn't me, this is Solomon. Long time ago, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked lead them astray. There's, there's a choice when it comes to these relationships. We, we always have a choice. We have a choice in that person that we're getting closer to, that person who's having influence over it. There's a choice, and the righteous choose carefully. And the foolish don't. Last week, we started this series called Sabotage. It's about the ways that we sabotage our own lives. We started out by saying, many of us sabotage our lives because we keep making the same bad decisions over and over again. Change the circumstances, change the people, but we keep making the same bad choices. We keep making the same bad decisions. We use the proverb, as a dog returns to his vomit. The fool just keeps doing the same thing over and never learns and never grows and never changes. And, and I would say one of the areas that we're most likely to do that is relational. It's the people that we are choosing consistently to allow to have influence in our lives. I've seen it time and time again. 
that the sabotage, that the destruction in this person's life all goes back to this other person that they've allowed to have influence in their life, that they've opened the door to. They entered into a relationship that from the beginning was probably the wrong relationship. Or, and this happens too, they entered into a relationship that at one time was healthy, that one time was, was encouraging, and something changed. That person changed, I changed, circumstances changed, something changed, and now a relationship that at one time had been healthy just isn't anymore, and I have to be big enough to admit that. I, I, have, I have to be close enough to God to know in wisdom this is no longer spiritually healthy. For This is not conforming me into the image of Jesus. This is pulling me away from what Jesus desires for my life. And, and, and please hear me. I am not saying that you and I should only be in relationship with people who are just like us or who only think like us or who only believe like us or only act like us. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying those close relationships over time that I'm allowing to have influence in my life, the Bible warns that even though there are great benefits and even though nobody's perfect, there are some of those relationships that tip over into the unhealthy range. And you got you to get away from those. You've got to push back on those. Often, when you find somebody who's making a wrong choice or when you find somebody who's developed a bad habit, it was someone in their past that introduced that to them. It was someone in their past, past that opened the door to that happening in their life. Um, I tend to think that because of the first two principles that we talked about, we have trouble making the right decision in the third one sometimes. Here's what I mean. I hope this makes sense. We know there's all these good things in friendship. There's all these good things in a relationship. There's all these good things if I'm dating somebody. There's all of this encouragement and all this. I, I want that. I want to be accepted. I want to be known. I want to be approved of. I want to be valued. All of these great things that come in relationship. And after all, nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. They're not perfect. And so we use those first two as excuses for not making the hard decision about the third one. Because we keep telling ourselves, well, I, I don't really like what they do, but... Well, I don't really like what they say. I don't really like the way they're treating me right now. But, there's always that but. But nobody's perfect. But I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking it'll get better. This desire to have a great relationship and, and willingness to concede the imperfections in all of us often causes us to hang on to relationships that need to be let go of. Because they are negatively impacting who we are. And, and, and listen, we are called to be salt and light in the world. We're, to call, we're called to be examples of Jesus in the world. And we should be that. 
often those types of relationships make us more like Jesus. We, we think through things a little better when we're in one of those relationships with somebody that doesn't see the world the way we see it. I'm not saying we should never have that relationship. I, I, I'm talking about the close friendship of someone that's influencing who I am becoming because I see it often as a pastor. I see it often with teenagers or college students or young adults or middle-aged adults or new marriages or marriages that have been going on for 20 or 30 years. And, and, and all of a sudden, somebody starts getting close to this part or this group of people and we know, everybody else in our circle can look at it and go, that's not going to end well. That's not somebody that you should be influenced by. You need to step away. Uh, it, it happens all the time. And so, so the Bible, Old and New Testament, steps into our lives and says, you have to be proactive in the relationships that you allow into your life. Here's a contemporary way of saying it. We have to choose wisely, and we have to edit when necessary. We have to choose what When it comes to relationships, we have to choose wisely. The people that are going to be close enough to us, that they're going to influence the way we think and the way we act. And then sometimes we have to edit because this relationship has become become unhealthy for me. This has become negative spiritually for me. And and we have to be brave enough to do that. The proverb writer says, the righteous choose their friends carefully. They, They choose the people who influence them very carefully because the wrong person will have the wrong impact in our lives. And that's why all the introverts say, well, that's why I don't talk to anybody. I just don't, I don't have any friends. That's, that's, that's not the answer either. That's not the answer either. Friends are here to sharpen us. They're here to help us. But if you want to sabotage your life, choose the wrong one. If you want to sabotage your future, Choose the wrong one. Choose the wrong group. Choose the wrong person. It'll wreck your future. So what we need, what I'm asking for you to do, for me to do, is to take an honest inventory of your close relationship. Just take an honest inventory. Not defensive because the pastor talked about it today. Not defensive because mom and dad have been telling you this for six months. Not defense. An honest inventory. Are the close relationships in my life moving me toward the person that Jesus is calling me to be or not? And I can have influence on people outside that circle. And I can be salt and light. But, but the people that I'm allowing to shape who I am. Are they the, are they the right people? an honest inventory of your closest relationships because God's desire, my desire for us is that we would experience all of those benefits, all of that goodness of being in good, strong, healthy, nurturing relationships. But there's another side. 
It tips the wrong way sometimes. And you and I have to be honest about it when that happens. God, thank you for the beauty of relationships and friendships, dating relationships, marriage relationships. God, there are relationships in our lives, if we allow them, that will pull us away from the best version of ourselves, which is the version you created, the purposes that you've put into our lives, the the fruit of the Spirit, the character qualities that exemplify who Jesus is. And and all throughout our life, we have to be honest about it. Our, Our temptation is to think, this is for the teenagers. God, all throughout our life, there's the potential that we get too close to people who could negatively affect our future. Love them in Jesus' name. Help them to know Christ. Be salt and light. We should do all of that. But your word tells us there's a tipping point when it comes to how close somebody can be to our lives if they're not good for us spiritually. So help us to take an honest inventory so that we might be the people you've called us to be. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.